Well, Merry Christmas. Thank you. We have been praying for you, for the chair that you're sitting in, for your family, for your loved ones, for the songs that we're singing, for the coffee and the tea and the hot chocolate. We've been praying. We've been praying for your night tonight, that it's magical. We've been praying for your hearts. We've been praying for your safety during the COVID season. We've been praying for you. And I love this time of year. I love seeing kids all throughout this building. (laughs) It is the coolest thing. And this is a family service, so there might be a crier here and there, and we're just going to embrace that. Right? Are we good with that? This is family. And sometimes when you gather in the family room, things get a little nutty. And we're okay with that. For those of you who are joining us in the lobby, thank you for being willing to do that. We love you. For those of you who are joining us online all over the United States, we love you. And we count it a blessing that you're part of this church family. If you're a guest or a visitor, maybe someone forced you to come here. Maybe you did them a favor. They, they held your presence over your head and said, like I did, brush your hair or we'll open presents a week later. Uh, I don't know how you got here, but I'm glad you're here. I don't know about you, but I have lots of loves. Are you with me? Especially this time of year, depending on what I'm being fed, I have loves or I have disgusts. Uh, who I'm with. I'm either in love with those people or I check my watch. I'm not the only one. I know you do it too. I love my beautiful bride, Sandy, our kids. I love that my nephew, Josh, who's like seven foot 11, that gets to join us uh, for Christmas. I have lots of loves. I love uh, this church. I love music. I love movies. Are you with me? I love pizza. I love steaks, I love sweet potato fries, I love pumpkin pies, Uh, basically most anything you put in front of me I'm going to love if it's food related. I I love 4th of July, I love Mother's Day, I love Christmas night and I love Christmas morning. I just love those things. And almost all of those are surrounded by being at home. If you you think about those things, like we can enjoy lots of those things away from home, but they're just better at home. That's your place. And perhaps nothing has become more clear to me during the Christmas and really the COVID season and, and as a follower of Jesus that this, this world that I get to occupy is not my home. That's become extremely clear to me, especially during the COVID season. What makes that even more clear is that approximately 44 million Americans from the beginning of COVID till tonight have moved away from their home, found a new address, fallen in love with that new home, and thus designated home. Very quickly, we leave our homes that we love. And yet, I believe that the Christmas story 
gives an incredible insight to this concept and theme that we call home. I'm going to ask you to watch the screen if you're here or if you're online, and I want you to to watch the words as we look at the book of Luke, chapter 2. It begins with this in verse 1. At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. And while they were there, at the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly, uh, she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all of the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped and snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is well pleased. Peace on earth to those with whom God is well pleased. We're going to revisit that in just a moment, but there's this verse in the book of Jeremiah. In fact, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 14, and God says this, you belong to me, so come home. One of the fundamental truths that we see in Scripture is that you belong to God. We might wrestle with that, but that's the truth of what Scripture gives us. You belong to God. Now, what's the side effect of that? Well, you weren't meant to belong to your career or your job. You weren't meant to belong to the past or things that you regret. You weren't, belong, you weren't meant to belong to other people or, or their expectations of you. It's not what you were expected to belong to. You were made to belong to God because he made you and he knows everything there is about you. Now, you might be sitting here going, I'm glad he's the only one that knows all there is about me, <laughs> right? 
And a lot of you would agree to that. Because if we were to throw your entire life story on the screen here tonight, many, many, many of you would be appalled. And the others of you would be appalled once we got to you. And yet, God knows everything there is about you. You. In every cell of your body, you were wired for God, and God wants you to come home this Christmas. And I am his mouthpiece to shout his unbelievable love for each and every one of you, even if you don't want anything to do with him. And you might rightfully ask this question, well, what can I expect if I come home to God this Christmas? What's in it for me? If, if I take you up on this, Brian, and, and I actually come home to God this Christmas, what do I get out of it? And I would say that's a, a very perplexing but a very, very fair question for you to ask. And thankfully and fortunately, the Bible is abundantly clear and tells us very, very clearly what you can expect if you come back and reconnect with God, maybe for the first time or maybe for the 40th time. This is what you can expect. Three things, and then we'll get you out of here to your Christmas dinners. Number one, you can expect to find his love and his forgiveness. That's the first thing you will find if you come back to God. This is the first reason even for Christmas is love and forgiveness. I was thinking about it this afternoon as I was running around, as many of you, getting ready for tomorrow and getting ready for tonight, and I was thinking about Christmas and Easter. Which one's more important? Can I really split those apart? Can I, can I say one has much more power than the other one? And I couldn't do it. In fact, I, I struggled with it because the reality is the only reason we even have Christmas is because of love and forgiveness. And not on a global scale for you as an individual. That's what it's for. His love and his forgiveness. Jesus Christ left his home to come to your home on earth so he could pull you close eye to eye and say, I love you and I forgive you. In the 1930s, Ernest Hemingway wrote a fictional story in his book called The Capital of the World. It's a, a crazy awesome book. It's about a young man named Paco who ran away from home and went to live in Madrid, Spain. He was estranged from his father and his father was heartbroken over that broken relationship. And the father did everything he possibly could to make that relationship right, to find his son and to have reconciliation to no avail. He could never find him. And finally, in desperation, he went to the local newspaper there in Madrid and he took out uh, an ad in the personals. And here is what his ad said. Paco, all is forgiven. I want you to come home. It's like a fictional story and it makes me like emotional. Meet me tomorrow at 12 noon in front of the Hotel Montana. The next day the father showed up and he was astonished for he found 800 young men had responded to that ad of forgiveness. 
Pacos who were estranged from their father. Did you know that your heavenly father wants you to come home tonight? Do you know that that he loves you more than words can express? That he cares so deeply about what you live with? And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how long you've done it or who you've done it with. None of that matters. God says, I just want you to come home so that I can love you and forgive you. That's what Christmas is all about. In fact, Romans chapter 8, verse 38 says this, nothing in all of creation, nothing, nothing you could even think of, nothing in all of creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That means you. You can't separate you from God's love. You you might be here tonight again. Maybe you came kicking and screaming and you really don't even want to be here. Or maybe you thought, my gosh, the walls are going to come crashing down. If I I step foot in church, like bad things are going to happen. You don't want me here. Listen, even you standing in the way can't keep God's love away from you. He will love you and pursue you and love you. That's the Christmas story. God still loves me. Some of you have never said that phrase out loud. Or it's been a while. Because you may not even be sure if it's true. Think about the meaning of that for just a moment. Let it sink in for, for just a second. God still loves me. Knowing everything there is about me, this God still loves me. And if you think you're too far from God, if you think you're too far removed because of your doubts or your behavior or the questions that you bring into faith, if you think you're too far away for whatever reason that you might think, this next verse that comes with this in Romans is for you. God says, come home to me again for I am merciful. He could have said, I am powerful. He has that right. He could say, come home to me for I'm in charge. Come home to me because I'm powerful. I'm strong. I rule all this. No, he says, come home to me for I'm merciful. 1 John chapter 4 verse 9 tells us, for God showed how much he loved us by sending his only son into the world. That's what Christmas is all about. That God acted. He didn't leave his love in heaven. He acted on it. He sent his son into the world so that we can have eternal life through him. This is real love. He sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins once and for all. The reason why tonight you can know that God loves you 
and be assured of it is that Jesus didn't stay in this little cradle in the manger. He grew up. And he went from the cradle to the cross. And on that cross, with his arms outstretched, he was in essence saying to every single one of you here tonight, and for all of you who are joining us online, he was in essence saying, I'd rather die than to be alone without you. And that's what he says to you tonight. To every single one of you, that's how much God loves you. The greatest expression of the love of Jesus is coming to earth at Christmas time. So what can you expect if you come home to God for Christmas tonight? You can receive his love and his forgiveness. And what else can you expect? You can expect his peace and his strength. Let me ask you a question, if I may. Where do you go to find peace? Where do you go to find strength? Not, not momentary peace or not momentary strength, long-lasting, life-changing peace and strength. Where do you go for that? And I ask that because if you don't have God in your life and you're not connected by him on a moment-by-moment basis, you're missing out on the true source of both. And tonight, Jesus Christ has an incredible offer for you. It's a sweet deal. Jesus said this, it's a direct quote, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. If you are tired from carrying heavy burdens, just come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. If you're tired, come to me and I'll give you rest for your soul. And I'll give it to you, no questions asked, I'll just give it to you. And I love this verse because it's the exact opposite of what the world thinks that they will hear if they decide to come home to Jesus. Many will think that if God wants me to come home, then what he's going to say is, come home and I will give you rules. Come home and then I will give you regulations. Come home and I will give you restrictions. Come home and I'll give you religion and rituals. And then maybe you can get things right. And that's the exact opposite of what God says. He does, in fact, not only the opposite, he doesn't even say any of those things. We've imparted that. We, the church, we, the Pharisees, if you would, we've said if you want to come home, then you got to act like this and do these things and, and make sure this is right. God doesn't say any of those things. What does he say? He says, come home to me. And I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty good deal to get rest. The the Bible says God gives power to those who are tired and worn out, and He offers strength to the weak. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 11, says that God will strengthen you with his own great power 
so that you will not give up when trouble comes. And notice it doesn't say if. It says when. Later on tonight, uh, not to like ruin the surprise, but we're going to sing Silent Night. I know. It's astonishing. Here's the reality. There are some people tonight's not a silent night. Tonight's hard. Tonight's heartbreaking. Tonight's scary. Tonight's lonely. And I might be describing you, one of you in this room. Tonight's confusing. Tonight's filled with tension. Tonight's filled with arguments. Tonight's filled on what I shouldn't say and what I should say and what what we can talk about and what we can't talk about. So he says that I will give you power and strengthen you when trouble comes, not if, but when. And I wonder, have you ever felt like giving up? Maybe you felt like giving up hope on your marriage. Maybe you felt like giving up hope that you'll ever get married someday. Maybe you've given up hope that you'll have kids someday. And that that hope is just gone. Or you feel like giving up hope on your career or on your health or on your kids' life, their choices, or on your dream. Or maybe there's a habit in your life that you just can't break. You've tried, you've tried, you've tried everything, and you just can't break that habit and you're discouraged. Or maybe you're discouraged by a situation or or a circumstance that is very heavy on your heart tonight. And you see everybody else smiling and, and looking nice and taking family pictures, and inside you are dying. You've tried to fix it. You've tried to fix your marriage. You've tried to fix your career. You've tried to fix your finances or whatever else. It just seems like it's just not fixable. And you feel like giving up. And if that's you tonight, I want you to hear something abundantly clear. God brought you here tonight. He brought you here, and he is speaking to you. He is pursuing you. And he brought you here so that he could hold you close, and he could say to you, don't give up. Please don't give up. As you drive around and see all the lights and all the decorations and all the presents, all of that is to say, don't give up, I'm here. He says, I more than love you. In fact, I want to help you. I don't want to just love you. I want to help you. I want to walk beside you. I want to encourage you. I want to help you raise kids. I want to help you with the things that are causing you anxiety. I'm here for you. And I've got all the power that you need. This God has all the power in the universe to come beside you. That's remarkable. That is absolutely amazing. And it flies in the face of what the world says. That basically says, if you're hurting and struggling, eh, do what you can. 
or, or, or change your situations. Work harder. Be better. Get more answers. And nothing could be farther from the Christmas message. Because if you come home to God at Christmas, you can expect to find his love and his forgiveness, his peace and his strength. And if you come home for Christmas, you can expect to find his hope and his joy. The Bible says in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him. Not a little bit. All of it. I don't always need all. Like if I come to your house and you're, you're serving pumpkin pie, I don't want like a sliver. Otherwise, I gotta have several of those. So just give me a big piece. Better yet, give me the whole thing. And that's exactly what God does. He says, I will fill you with all of the joy. You get all of it. And I will give you all of the peace. You see, the more that I trust God, the more my life is filled with joy. The more that I trust God with my life, the more my life is filled with his peace. The more that I trust God, the more my life is filled up with hope. Conversely, if I don't have hope, if I'm feeling hopeless, if I don't feel joy, if I don't feel peaceful, it means one thing. I am not in a right standing relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Something's off kilter. Why? Because he's the source of all of that. He's the ultimate source of every single one of those things. And he loves to give it. He loves to bless. He loves it. Here's the reality. I don't know what you've been through over the past year, year and a half, two years. I will say this. I love seeing a packed house. I love it. It was pretty lonely in here last year. Pretty dormant, pretty empty. So I love seeing you here. But I don't know what these past two years have been for you. In fact, for some of you, I don't even know you. But I do know this. God is not finished with you. God is not finished with you. And newsflash, he doesn't care if you're finished with him. He's not finished with you. If your heart is still beating, if you're still taking a breath, it means that God has a plan for the rest of your life. And he will not give up pursuing you. So come home this Christmas. Come home to his love and his forgiveness. Come home to his peace and his strength. Come home to his hope and his joy. The real bottom line is, are you going to take a small step in faith this Christmas season and come home to God? Or are you gonna bypass another year and continue to celebrate someone that you don't even know? God wants you to come home 
And something happens when you do. Did you know that all of you are mentioned in the Bible? Or I should say, rather, you have the chance to be mentioned in the Bible? It's true. Every single one of you. We end with where we started. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is well pleased. And you see, if you come home, if you come home to God for Christmas, your name gets lumped in with the those in Scripture. That's you. It's every single one of you. You get to be one of the those with whom his favor rests and peace is gifted. So why not? Why not this Christmas season come home? For some of you, you know God's pursuing you even right now in your seat. He's pursuing you right now in your family room or your kitchen or your office as you watch online. Why not come home? Maybe for the first time in your entire life to say, okay, I'll jump. God, you better catch. Or maybe for the hundredth time. It really doesn't matter to God. He just cares about you. And his invitation is for you to come home. To not be an afterthought. To allow Christmas Eve 2021 to be that life-changing moment. So will you come home? I'm gonna ask you just to pause for a moment and contemplate that. The worship team's gonna come back up. We're gonna get ready to keep singing. And I just want you to think. I want you to think about what are the implications of this for you? What's stopping you? Questions? Join the party. I'm a pastor. I have more questions than a book can hold. Struggles with what scripture says? Jump on board. I got a lot of things I struggle with what Scripture says. Things that are hard to read? Yep. Wanting to, not wanting to surrender and, and give up my own autonomy, my own privileges, my, my own desires? Yep, I'm right there with you. You're not alone. But do not allow any of those things to keep you from coming home this Christmas. Because you will experience the most awesome, the most life-changing embrace you could ever dream of. So let's pray together, and then we'll continue to sing. Merry Christmas, Jesus. I wonder what you looked like as a baby. Heck, I wonder what you looked like at all. Did you have a lot of hair? Were you bald? Did you cry? Did you look around? Did you look at the stars? 
this life that was in front of you, oh, King of kings and Lord of lords. You, the wise men, the shepherds, the heavenly hosts, Mary and Joseph, none of you were home that night. And yet there's something so special about home. And I just want to thank you tonight that you are speaking and moving in the hearts of your people. It is Christmas Eve, and we cannot thank you enough from the bottom of our heart that you love us. May you be pleased tonight. Holy Spirit, come and do only the work that you can do, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.